It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Raining Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast Here on the Locked On Podcast Network Thank you for making us part of your daily routine We're here for you Monday through Friday And this is the Tuesday show Happy Tuesday, happy Taco Tuesday we're handing out our celebratory tacos for the few people who actually had a couple of good games for the Boston Celtics. Celtics now coming home after a 1-4 road trip, hoping to get back on track against Chicago. And then they've got a back-to-back Friday, Saturday against Portland. I mean, not Portland, uh, against Toronto and Utah. So, we're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King of The Athletic, here after the road trip. Um... I know you weren't at the Portland game, but you were there for the rest of it, and you got to see just kind of like the sense of frustration. Is there how frustrated? I know fans are very frustrated with this team right now. Do you get any sense of that frustration from the team? I know Marcus Smart uh, addressed the team and said no more excuses, which sounds great, but are these guys? frustrated or are they just kind of saying they're frustrated and just kind of going about their business i think they're pretty frustrated i think the celtics thought they were going to come together and instantly be really really good and obviously that hasn't happened so far and i think some of the problems are predictable from gordon hayward not being right to you know going going on a five-game road trip with some really tough games right away the schedule hasn't done the celtics any favors so they thought things were going to start off a lot easier than they have. And I, I think that's where the frustration comes in because they they consider themselves the best team in the East or at least one of the favorites in the East, and they haven't played like it so far. So there, it's not like everyone hates each other. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that they're they're all frustrated with the way – the first 13 games of the season have gone. But this is kind of their own fault, though. Like, they're frustrated that they're not playing well, but they think, like you said, they think they're the best team in the East. But they, it seems like they've come out, and a lot of the quotes that have come out in the course of this losing, uh, or the rough start, I should say, we've heard them talk about being too cool, that we think that we're, you know, we go out there and we have our mismatches. But here's the thing about being too cool. Guys think they were too cool when they just didn't play well. And I, I think that that's what it comes down to here is that the Celtics just haven't played well. Their defense, for the most part, has held up. Like, they, they had a 
couple of bad games defensively, but the defense for the most part is whole. It's not about being too cool. It's about they just haven't had the patience to get good quality shots on a consistent basis. And I think sometimes that seeps over to the other end of the court. So to me, it's more a, a measure of the roster hasn't meshed yet. The players haven't figured out how to play together than it is about being too cool. Obviously, you know, they're going to get frustrated. They're going to say we're too cool when they get off to slow starts. But I don't think it's about that. I think it's just guys are still trying to figure out this this new puzzle. And and one of the complicating factors is that Gordon Hayward hasn't been Gordon Hayward. And, I mean, you look at the on-off numbers of the starters with him versus the starters without him, and it's pretty startling. Like, he has been a... a a minus for that group, a pretty obvious minus. And when he's off the court, the starters have like each one of them without Hayward on the court has plus double digit net rating. And with him, I think Tatum is the only one who has a positive net rating. It's like plus 1.5. Everybody else is minus with Gordon Hayward on the court. So to me, that's, that's the biggest issue right now is that Gordon Hayward isn't right. And Gordon Hayward hasn't figured out how to mess with these players when he's not right. And they have, they have a whole host of other issues from sh- shot selection to defense. Um, but the obvious one is that Hayward is, is not helping this team right now. And so that's, that's an issue. And it look, that's not an issue that's going to last forever, but if, if you're trying to be patient and, the, you have to be patient. You have to let him play back into shape. You have to let him play back into the Gordon Hayward he is, and you have to let everybody figure things out with him. But at the same time, it's just tough right now. And I, I don't want to put everything on him. Like th- Everybody's had their own issues, from Tatum's shot selection to Jalen Brown's finishing and shooting to Al Horford, who's shooting like 29% from the three-point arc, mostly on wide-open shots. So everybody, everybody has issues. Um, but I, I think the fact that they're trying to continuously play Gordon Hayward kind of compounds things a little bit and and leaves the the feeling in the Celtics' mouths that they're playing too cool when really it's it's just they're, they haven't meshed so far. Yeah, there's a couple different directions we can go here. Let's... I'm going to table the too cool thing for a second because we're it's leading us into a conversation here about the starting lineup. And he, Brad Stevens has been asked about it. It's kind of hinted at the possibility of it. People on Twitter, uh, all over the you know fans in general, are suggesting or asking for it. There's a potential for a lineup change. Do the Celtics change their starting lineup? And there's... There's reasoning to do it in the short term. You say like what you just said, somebody listening to this says, well, Jay just laid out the, the, the argument to change the starting lineup and put Gordon Hayward on the bench. I, I didn't, I didn't do that at all. No, I know you didn't. I know you did. Okay. I'm saying that cool. somebody, somebody could listen to you and say, that's my argument right there. The statistics that Jay just quoted are the statistics that I think are why Gordon Hayward should go to the bench. I know you didn't say it but I'm saying people could take those statistics and say this is what they should do. Short term, that's, I guess, a reasonable thing for somebody who's only looking in the short term. Long term, 
Is it better to keep him in the starting lineup and just say, let's figure this out? Because when the playoffs come around and when eventually, hopefully, the conference finals and the NBA finals roll around, they're going to need Gordon Hayward as a starting level uh, all-star caliber player to have that chance to even get to that point. So when it's suggested that a lineup change needs to happen, is it Gordon Hayward? Is that the right move or is there another move or do you just stick with what they have right now? I think you stick with it. I think that lineup is going to be ultimately what differentiates the Celtics and what makes the Celtics so damn good. And right now, obviously there are issues with everything. Like the shot selection is the biggest one to, to me. Like they're not getting free throws. They're taking too many mid range jumpers. I think when they play right, they're creating all sorts of wide open three point shots. Some of those haven't gone down. Some of those will go down. Um, but, but to me, like that starting lineup, when they figure things out, when Gordon Hayward gets right, when everything works, that's going to be what separates them from everybody. Kyrie said it the other day to reporters in Portland, we should have a a mismatch basically any time. And they'll have that mismatch because of that lineup, because, you know, five guys who can dribble, shoot and, and pass, but right now it's just not working. And I mean, you can, you can look at the, the simple on off numbers like Celtics plus 9.3 net rating with Hayward off the court, minus 3.8 with him on the court. And he's mostly playing, he's playing a lot of his minutes with the best players on the Celtics. So that's a really troubling stat. And I think it speaks to the fact that Hayward isn't right yet. And I think it speaks to the fact that the Celtics just haven't found the right way to play with each other. Um, but like you said, it's a short term fix to bring Hayward off the bench and it's a short term vision to look at things and say, okay, this isn't working right now. What do we need to do? But could there, could there be the argument though, that like the Warriors don't start their death lineup? The Warriors, these aren't the Warriors. I've heard that lineup. I've heard that lineup. And here's the thing, why the Warriors don't start that lineup. Because they don't have the wing depth to, to do it for a lot of minutes at a time. The Celtics have the wing depth. They have Marcus Morris off the bench. They have Marcus Smart off the bench. They have they have other – like their depth allows that to be something they start with. And I think ultimately that lineup will be great. It's just hasn't been it right now. You don't see any value to maybe – okay, forget Gordon Hayward. I think I don't think they should sit Gordon Hayward at, at the beginning. I think Gordon Hayward has a lot of value as a starter – I think there's value in either starting Aaron Baines or maybe Marcus Smart and in in place of maybe a Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown is struggling right now. And I think there is value because two reasons that Jalen is, I think, trying too hard to kind of elevate his game. I just believe that he's trying to be as a big and offensive star as all of the other guys on this team that can be offensive stars. And that's just not what he is. I think that he would be better off coming off the bench for Gordon Hayward. You play Gordon Hayward five minutes, then you bring Jalen Brown in and then Gordon Hayward could start the second quarter. And then down the stretch, you play all five of those guys, your whatever lineup you want to call that lineup. 
think there's value to that because it allows for one guy like Smart or Baines, maybe let's say Baines because that's the, the successful lineup that they had last year. Baines is the clear fifth option. He's not going to be trying to take too much of his offense. He'll take the open three on a pick and pop now, now and again this season, but he's not going to go out there and take too many possessions. His usage is not going to be too high. That gives a little bit more room for Kyrie and Tatum and Hayward to kind of figure it out themselves. And then Jalen Brown coming in with some of the bench units, then he can kind of figure out his own thing, his own self against second units and get his confidence going. I think there's value to that possibility. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you could, you could sit here and, and say a lot of things. There, there's, there's value to every lineup change and there are detractors to every lineup change. I, I, I think that making that starting lineup work, figuring things out with that starting lineup is what will ultimately make the Celtics as good as they can be. And and to me that's that's the only objective to this to the regular season. Obviously you want to get home court and you want to get home court in as many playoff series as possible. But to me like maximizing the roster, you you look at things, they, they just need to figure things out with that group. They need to figure out how to play with with five guys who can all get their own shot but who need to sacrifice to get better shots for for everybody on the court and it's it's like i i think sometimes i think the Celtics will be better off just running high screen and rolls with with Kyrie Irving right like playing more like the Rockets and just having Kyrie Irving be the the James Harden type where you're running everything through him and it's more of a based on the lone creator. I think their offense will be much better than it is right now if they just did that. But ultimately in the long run, what's going to make them different is that they have five guys who can create and five guys on the court and more than five guys because their bench guys are good too. That that's, what's going to make them best over the long run. And so they just need to figure a lot of things out. Um, and I think the schedule will help them do that. <laughs> like you look at their next, 15 17 games whatever it is things things get easier after the the raptors and who is it the saturday the, the jazz again Think things get i mean they there are, will be a lot of games in a row that the celtics should be favored and i i think some of the issues will will just go away because of the schedule and and part part of it is pressing too right like these guys all think that they were going to be the best team in the east and they they all thought like we need to be the best team in the East. If this had started happening a couple of years ago or even last year, it's like, Oh, okay. It hasn't, things haven't happened, but we're dealing with some stuff right now. We'll figure it out. Um, but instead there, there were the pressure of expectations. And, and that's why I think guys have been so frustrated is because they're just not as good as they thought they were. Kyrie said it flat out. We're, we're not as good as we think we are. And, and it's been it's been more of a process, I think, than everyone anticipated, including me. I, I thought I thought it would be a lot easier for this team to at least generate quality shots. Um, but they they haven't been able to do that. And they they need to figure out the offense because some like Brad Steve, the per, it was a perfect quote. Sometimes we play the most beautiful basketball 
ever and other times we just <laughs> we just waste possession mm-hmm. and they they're doing way too much wasting of possessions yeah and and every once in a while they'll have long stretches where it's like oh wow this team is really capable of of being so dangerous and the third quarter against portland was was another display like holy crap they got five guys who can shoot and five guys who can run the floor and five guys who can do so much and then they go other other stretches where it's like what the hell are they doing <laughs> everybody seems like everybody's just off in their own universe trying to create for themselves and i think some of it is competitiveness some of it's like okay we're things aren't going well for us right now i'm going to be the one to change this but for this team to to maximize itself that can't be the case Definitely. I've said that so often that these guys have to get completely selfless. You have to get completely selfless and then things will automatically, it's, it's going to be funny that when, when these guys stop worrying about, okay, I can take this over. I can be the guy. Once they stop doing that, then guys will start being the guy again. While we're sitting here trying to figure out this lineup and the Celtics lineups, you are probably trying to figure out your fantasy lineups, which is why you should be listening to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd. He does a great job five days a week getting you ready for your fantasy league. Any moves you want to make, any edge you're going to get, you're going to get it by listening to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast, wherever you found us. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked on NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Jay, I've got a simple theory that I think will fix everything. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just make shots. I think that's it. It could be boiled down to just making shots. I, I think you're actually... Like when you say they have had trouble generating good shots, I, I don't think that's the case. I think they've had great success in generating a lot of really good shots. They have not made any of those shots. Like, well, here's are. here's the thing. I, I think they're literally last time I checked, at least they were last in the league in generating attempts at the rim. That's that's terrible. 
Would we okay, agree? That's fine. Absolutely. I agree with they, that. I agree with that. They are, I believe, 29th in free throw attempt rate. Yeah, that goes along with so the not that's also to the rim. terrible. So, but that, that goes to generate hand those hand are the right shots. Those are the right shots. And if you're not getting layups and free throws, then you can get open looks all you want if they're mid range jumpers and to an extent. Um, I mean, the three point looks I think have been really good. That's my point. Like they they've been getting a lot of good three point looks, and so it starts with this. They they start games now. I think pretty well even though they fall behind but they start games pretty well because their offense their offense against portland i watched the first few minutes of that they missed how many open shots good shots three-point shots okay they generate corner threes and they've had multiple opportunities that just kind of slip through their hands they miss they miss these shots so i think there's a domino effect here it starts with missing Good looks, missing good wide open threes, corner threes. Then what happens is the type of looks that they're generating, those long, those long shots, those threes, end up with long rebounds. So the Celtics are consistently going back into transition. So they're consistently in transition defense. So you got cross matches and all these these different things, and there's there's just it leads to confusion. On top of it, they've been missing so many open shots that I think these guys are do feel sorry for themselves. Brad Stevens said it. He used that exact phrase that the, we got to get past these guys feeling sorry for themselves. So that leads to the next thing that they get. They, they abandon the offense that got them those wide open looks and start going into the isolation stuff. And when they get into the isolation stuff, that's when they're generating long twos that the defense is very willing to give up. And they're not going to get to the rim because now they're getting into the, well, nobody's hitting shots. Now I got to do it. And that's on everybody. They're all doing it. And they all say, I've got to take over now because I'm good enough to beat my guy. And what ends up happening is they get into isolation. And I said it last night on the podcast. I tweeted it out in the game. When one guy goes into isolation, doesn't matter who it is, the other four guys stand and watch there's no backdoor cutting there's no action off the ball to get somebody open for an or or at least to be a safety valve to say here okay i've I've tried to make my move i can't now i'm going to give it up there's nothing they just sit there and they watch this guy isolate so the guy who's isolating is making a mistake by isolating the other four guys are making mistakes by just standing there so when it comes down to the oh shit i've got nothing left then they start jacking up fadeaway 20-footers. If, if you go back to the beginning and they just start making some shots, then the other team has to take the ball out of the net. The Celtics can set their defense. They can play better defense. They can get the stops. Then they can get out into transition and get some layups and get some dunks. I think that ripple effect now, that's not how it, how it began. I think because it's happened so often, I think we're at this point now where the ripple effect of missing early shots leads to a lot of these other problems that they're facing. Yeah, I think the trust right now isn't there. Like definitely not there. When when they got they the, last year's team was far from perfect. It it was a, a flawed team. I think they finished 18th in offensive rating. They had some of the same issues that the Celtics have had so far this year, but they always seem to trust in, in the offense, in the defense, in the fact that no matter what the deficit was, they were going to come back 
and they're going to do it together. You haven't seen the same trust. It, it's like, like you said, like a, a few misses happen and all of a sudden the, the ball movement gets fractured and the rhythm just totally goes. And I, I think some of that's natural, especially with such a talented team. Um, but it is, it is definitely something that's happening. Like the, when they start having bad stretches, it's, it's kind of snowballed so far. Like they've, they've had some stretches that have just been hideous, absolutely hideous. And, and it shouldn't, shouldn't be, it should never be nearly as bad as it has been so far. The offense, because this, this team is way, way, way too talented to, to have the stretches that it's had so far this season. And I think, I think some of, some of that will disappear over time. I think they'll figure a lot of things out. But again, like, it's not about figuring, we've talked about this before. It's not about figuring it out to the extent that, like, they have a passable offense. Like, they have to have a really good offense to, to be able to contend for a title, especially with the way Toronto's looking and the way Milwaukee's looking. And now Philadelphia has Jimmy Butler. And oh yeah, there's still the Warriors out there in the West. Yeah. So there's there's just <laughs> it's not. I easy. mean it's it's not going to be easy, and it's certainly not going to be easy if their offense stays stays trash. I, I'm 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 tired of this discussion, not because of you, Jay, but because we keep ha- this is the same discussion we have after every game. It's it's this is and we see it. I I don't understand why they just keep falling back into this other than to say that the same level of ego that drives players to be great to say I can hit this next shot even if they've missed the five in a row like that Paul Pierce mentality that same thing is what devolves them into this mess that and it's I've said it before I think they've got too many guys sometimes that think that they can they can bail out the problems. They can bail out the rest of the team. And it's not because they think I'm better than anybody else. I think they're legitimately trying to do it for a good reason. Like they're sitting there saying, "Oh, geez, man, wow, we're we're really hurting. Let me let me help my teammates out by carrying the load." I'm going to put the guys on my shoulders, Cedric Maxwell style, get on my shoulders, guys, I'll carry you, except no one's actually doing that. You know, the only stretch of Jason Tatum doing that was hitting four straight three-pointers last night, and that that's not happening all the time. These guys, I, know, I feel like I'm repeating myself with this with, with this team. When you say the trust isn't there, how many times have I said trust? Move the ball, trust that it's going to come back to you. The ball finds the right guy. And if everybody passes and moves and cuts screens, the ball will find the right guy. And they just need to get it in their heads that no one needs to be the hero, except for Kyrie. Kyrie's the only hero. Like, he's the only guy that's capable of actually hitting hero shots right now. When the when the rest of the offense bogs down, you get this crap. Move the ball, cut. It'll find paint touches. When whenever they get paint touches, they get good shots. It's it's very simple. Brad Stevens said last night after the game, we're not a very well coached team right now, which is very interesting. I don't know what your take is on that quote, 
But he's, I think he's taking a lot of the pressure. He's trying to take the pressure off of the guys. But at the same time, he's admitting that he hasn't been able to get through to these guys to get them to do the right thing for 48 minutes. And when he was talking about that, he said specifically, like, we don't, we don't hunt great. Yeah. Is what he said, which, which is a good desperation quote. desperation time. Yeah. So we don't hunt great, meaning we settle too often. And, and that's, that's what I think he means when, when he says they're a poorly coached team is they're not, they're not committed to doing the right thing on every possession. And that's, that's been very obvious, uh, throughout the first 13 games of the season. They, and again, we're repeating ourselves. We've (laughs) We've been repeating ourselves for a long damn time. I know. I know. But. But it's just it's just the way it's gone so far. And so so when he says it's not a well coached team, I assume he's referring mostly to the shot profile and and the fact that that they just have stretches where they're not playing together and they're not getting quality shots on a consistent basis. And they have enough talent to do that, but they haven't done it so far and and that's why I think, you know, he brought out the well coach thing because there's no there is no reason for this team to have the offensive struggles that is it has had. I, I was I was too harsh on Gordon Hayward earlier, uh, even though I do think that his form really complicates things. And and the fact that he's not himself is definitely a, a factor that the Celtics have had to deal with so far and haven't necessarily dealt with well. Um, but he's one of the guys who, who has really facilitated ball movement and has made some of the best passes in his playmaking. He's had flashes of, of great playmaking and that's, that's the mentality they need to have more of. Um, and it's, it's just been, like I said, there's, there's no reason why this team should have you know, the, one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and they've, they've improved offensively a little bit over the last few games, but not that much. And it's, it's just been really, really kind of gross at times. Yep. But, but then there are times when it's beautiful. No, it's of course. It's of and, course. That's what we're talking and about. And you can though. see, yeah. Um, but it hasn't, hasn't been, and they haven't always seemed like, and maybe this is just a, a factor of, not playing well. Um, they haven't all like, there have been times when they've just felt deflated almost mm-hmm. like, like they're, they're just like, what the hell are we doing out here? It hasn't always looked like they've enjoyed playing with each other. And that's probably because <laughs> they're taking like one pass hero shots <laughs> on a pretty regular basis. Um, but it has, it has not been cohesive so far. I think is a pretty good rule of thumb. If a team is not enjoyable to watch and they have not been enjoyable to watch, then a team is probably not enjoyable to be on. And that's like you said, it's not something that they don't like each other. It's just they don't like the results and they, they're not having fun out there. And I remember about a week ago, Brad Stevens emphasized having fun out there and it kind of worked. Uh, they're they're not they're not going out there and just playing basketball. I, I and I wonder. We can talk about this on another podcast. But 
I, I wonder if there, there's a little bit of pressure when, with, with all of this, where they, they don't think they're as good as they, they can be. And, and now maybe they're feeling some pressure, but whatever, they don't like being out there and, and doing this. We don't like watching it. So they have some, they have a lot to fix. You may be a business owner who wants to fix your problem with not enough customers, whatever it is. And we are here to help because your company looking for a new way to reach customers can be advertising on our podcast. Podcast listeners in general are more educated. Podcast listeners in general are earning more money than traditional media audiences. So the people who listen to podcasts across the board, every podcast is generally more educated, generally earning more. Now our particular podcast is 98% men. So if you are trying to reach men in that group, know that podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors that they hear on podcasts than they are to interact with advertisers on radio. So have your company sponsor this podcast by emailing us at LockedOnCeltics at gmail.com, LockedOnCeltics at gmail.com. Jay, it's Taco Tuesday. Yay. Yay. We get to hand out our awards. This is our weekly award thing. Used to be the Mystery Machine. Used to be Bane's uh, big Australian boat. Then it became the Taco Truck. And since it's Taco and Taco Tuesday is a thing, we just call it Taco Tuesday. So Celtics, uh, Suns, Jazz, Portland had three games. Uh, I think uh, we spent this whole podcast complaining. I don't know that there are more than one or two guys on this uh, on the uh, getting the taco this week. Uh, Kyrie Irving is really the one guy. Thirty nine points uh, against the the Suns, and he led that awesome comeback uh, against the Jazz. He didn't play because he was excused. But against Portland, uh, again, some some incredible shot making, 21 points, uh, six assists, five steals. I, I would argue nine for 24 is not incredible shot making. Well, okay. he. I would say that the shots, some of the shots that he hit were incredible. He didn't, okay. That is that is fair. Okay. Uh, five but steals, some of though. the shots that he took were uh, not so incredible. Not so great. Not so great. <laughs> But are you are you are you arguing the taco? Does he not get the taco? No, we'll we'll give him the taco if if only because <laughs> none of his none of his teammates deserve the taco. No, the, the Phoenix game, he deserved the taco just for that alone. Um, and it was their only win on the on the road trip. So give that give that man the the taco, the admission to the taco truck. What else? Who else deserves it? Marcus Morris. Not many. Marcus Morris. Not many. I think Marcus Morris no. consistent. Uh, he hit the game tying three against Phoenix. Uh, I thought, look, he, nothing. It's not like he's been uh, overly spectacular, but that's he's been consistently uh, strong off the bench. So I think Morris. I think Morris gets a taco. We we can give him a taco. Yeah. Um, I don't know I mean, that he's... anybody else gets one though. Tatum. Yeah. No. Marcus Smart maybe. Marcus Smart, yeah, uh, uh, maybe. If only for that flop at the end of the Utah game. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that thing was incredible. <laughs> Just incredible. Just performance art. Yeah. But also, uh, also he, he has been, I think, low-key really, really good for the Celtics so far this season. He has been the one guy maybe most committed to running things and keeping things in the proper order and making sure that the Celtics get a good shot, which is funny because Marcus Smart's, like, his downfall has always been that he takes some some bad, bad shots. Right. Um, but I think I think as as much as anybody, he has he has been hunting good shots for the Celtics, and he's had a few occasional missteps. The one pull up, I think that he airballed in Utah stands out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he has been just really really good this season. His usage rate, which I think is probably a good thing, is definitely a good thing. Is <laughs> far below any he's ever had in his career um and he's he's still just a menace defensively all the time and i think i i think he's low-key had a really really good start to the season i i buy that i buy that it makes you wonder uh if if his going back to the lineup discussion marcus smart starting potentially and you move Kyrie off the ball sometimes, and now you've got a guy that's like Marcus Smart as a passer is a really really good passer, and he sees the he sees the offense very well. He's the only guy that can really hit Al Horford with consistent alley oops. So I don't know. There's there's some value in that. I think value in that discussion anyway. Uh, I'm I'm sure Sam Packard would say that this is this is not taco worthy, but. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, I I don't think a taco, but we got to give something to Daniel Tice just for coming back so quickly from a torn plantar fascia. I mean, do we get him like a bottle of hot sauce or like? Yeah, that that was crazy because he was supposed to be in a walking boot for two weeks and he was out of the walking boot in like three days. Right. Um, and. I mean that 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 was kind of a, a rapidly fast recovery. We'll get him something. I don't know what it is. Not not the taco award, but I don't know margarita something. What does? It's just amazing that he came back so fast. That that's that's fantastic, and I'm I'm glad. So, but no, no one else. Shouts to him. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I got nothing else for Taco Tuesday. It'd be you great if these guys are playing well because this would be a fun segment. It's not a fun segment to do when everything's like doom and gloom. When everybody stanks. <laughs> yeah, right? Jeez, man. You guys got to play yeah, better. And not only play it, better. It has been a tough, tough start. Yeah. Don't just play better. Stop doing the same thing wrong all the time. If you're going to do something wrong, make it a new thing so we can talk about something new. Because I'm tired of talking about the same crap over and over again. That's all right. Anyway, yeah. venting, venting some frustration there. hope everybody has enjoyed this podcast. If you are one of our new listeners, welcome aboard. Welcome. We hope you are enjoying this. Hope we are a nice alternative to the same old, same old on sports talk radio. That's not a lot of fun, speaking of things that aren't fun. So that's why we are here. Podcasts help fill the void. 
and we hope you are enjoying it enough to become a subscriber. If you're just sampling the show, subscribe wherever podcasts are available. We are everywhere. Search for Lockdown Celtics. Everybody who has subscribed, please give us that five-star rating and a good review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us climb in the rankings. You know, consistently, we are the third most listened to podcast, team-specific podcast, and the Locked On NBA Network. We're still behind Locked On Lakers, which bothers me. We're still behind Locked On Jazz, but it doesn't bother me as much because that's the guy who founded the whole network. But we, you guys, we gotta, we gotta push this podcast out there so we can at least beat the Lakers. Like I can't, I can't be losing to the Lakers in the podcast wars uh, consistently. Like that, that can't happen. So share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to Locked On Celtics here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.